Hello and welcome to the Respectfully podcast. I'm Nikki Pope, your host for this hairdressing conversation. Today I'm joined by Rachel Valentine. Rachel is a freelance hairdresser and colourist with a long history working in salons and running a training academy. But after the experience of the pandemic, she decided to go it alone and is now working for herself. In the summer of 2022, Rachel won the Colour World Colour Genius Award for Creative Colour of the Year. She's going to tell me all about what that has meant to her and her success on social media. Enjoy. Rachel Valentine, welcome to the Respectfully Podcast Studio. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. It's a lovely space. So you're local to me. You're London-based? Yes, I am. I'm just outside of Wimbledon, so if people know the area, I'm I'm Morden, but I say Wimbledon because people know that. That's what they recognise, the old tennis and the (laughs) stories like that. So it's lovely to have you with us. I came across you as the winner of the Colour World Genius Awards last summer, but we weren't actually able to have you with us at the awards giving, so I think you accepted virtually, if you like. So it's really nice to have you here. Tell us a bit about yourself. Tell us about your your world of colour. Where where did you start your hairdressing journey? So I have been since school. I went straight into hairdressing, not intentionally. I left sixth form, and my mum said to me, "Well, you need to get a job." So I was like, "Okay, I'm going to go and work in the hairdressers on a Saturday and see what happens." and I just fell in love with it, to be honest. Um, was it like an instant love affair, do you think? It was. I always thought of hairdressing as glamorous, I think, as people do. Um, and it definitely was not that to start with. But I just loved the people side of things. I loved the team. I loved everything about it in the end. So I suppose it was. Um, but you start so young, don't you? So yeah. you don't really realise until you're a few years in and then you're like, oh God, yeah, I actually really love this. Yeah. And did you get support straight away from the family? Because I know sometimes that's a bit difficult for people choosing hairdressing. Well, yeah, my mum probably wanted her hair done. So she was <laughs> like, so she was all for, for it. it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I started there, um, I was at the same salon for about seven or eight years. And then the last kind of three, four years, I fell into teaching there they had their own academy so I was running that teaching MVQ teaching then I got into teaching the older kind of you know the qualified stylists yeah. in the company teaching new trends such as you know balayage came out and things so like color that. were you when did you sort of choose color or color chose you I initially loved cutting when I was training and when I became the, a teacher they said to me right you need to work on your color skills because they're not you know you can't be teaching if you're not you don't know your color knowledge and things yeah. like that so when I put my focus into the color I realized how much I loved it and I yeah. think sometimes you don't love things when you don't understand it yeah and when you start to get that knowledge you know you you really find a love for it and I think that's where I found it wow yeah interesting so and so you ended up teaching cutting and color skills yes yeah, so it was an all you know all round it was MVQ so teaching them everything they needed to know to get their basics for hairdressing um, and then with that, you know, as I started to get used to doing that, I was teaching the people in the salons extra skills, maybe people who needed extra colouring skills or learning a new haircut, running courses for the company. And then, yes, yeah, so that was amazing. And then come lockdown, um, I really missed doing hair myself mm-hmm. and I wanted a new challenge. I think, 
you know, hairdressers listening can understand that it was a difficult time yeah. for everybody and yeah. it really made me put things into perspective. Mm-hmm. And although I loved teaching and I loved what I was doing, I just wanted a new challenge and that's when I decided to go freelance. Wow, so like press the reset button. Yes, exactly. Wow, so that's a big culture shock because you were you were working with quite a big group where there was presumably quite a lot of support and mm. very familiar because you've been there a long time. What have been the challenges working well presumably you work on your own yes I do what what have been the challenges what have been the big challenges the big wins as well yeah so oh god I could write a book on going (laughs) freelance as you probably know as well um the biggest challenge was obviously the the motivation of working on your own you're not surrounded by a team so I think if you're thinking of going freelance um, or you are freelance, it's really important that you find that motivation and inspiration somewhere. So, you know, um, whether that's courses, education, um, listening to podcasts. Um, we have, we're so lucky that we have things online now, yeah. Instagram and uh, social media where you can gain that. Yeah. Um, so that was the biggest challenge for me. I found what I found really difficult as well, which we were speaking about before this, was things like your prices, taxes, stuff like that is really difficult yeah the sort of back end stuff if you like you know the admin the sort of marketing and things as well and and how so if you'd come out of teaching and you'd had lockdown did you almost have to build a clientele from scratch as well yes so this is actually a really funny story um like you said I had no clients and that's when I turned to social media because I knew I was going to go freelance my family thought I was crazy because they're like, you haven't got any clients, you know, yeah. what are you going to do? And I've just set myself a challenge, right, I'm, there's clients out there, there's yeah. people out there that need their hair doing. I know that the lockdown's coming to an end and people are going to need their hair doing. So I started really focusing on social media and putting my face on social media and that got me a lot of clients. Really? Yeah. So was that something you'd been involved with before or did you have to sort of learn the social media as well? I had a social media page um, yeah. at the time, to- so this was two years ago. So you know, Instagram Reels and TikTok, I didn't have or anything like that. I just no. kind of had a page where I posted backs of heads, yeah. if you like. Yeah. Um, so it was actually my partner that said to me, "You need to show your personality. You need to show people you know, that people buy into people yeah. as well as good hair, but yeah. people do buy into people." So my initial thing was like, "Right, get my face on there." Um, show some skills, give people tips and tricks. Yeah, so I was scrolling your Instagram uh, before you arrived and it's very helpful. It's sort of, you know, choosing the right brush for doing the right thing and it's you talking to the client through the lens on Instagram and then I jumped onto your TikTok and you've done massively well. You've got like nearly 43,000 TikTok followers. It's so funny because TikTok... You know, it's like, oh, I, I said for ages, there's no point in joining TikTok. What's the point? You know, I've got Instagram. I've got a really good clientele. But one day, I don't know what made me do it. I just posted a video and I just thought, again, you know, time, everything is changing and who knows where TikTok is going to go. Yeah. I posted a video and I did get a lot of clients from it. So I thought, oh, there's something in this. Um, I think it shows wherever you're posting, you know, TikTok or Instagram, sharing is so important. And right. The, if I could give advice to anyone who's thinking of doing a social media or why should I do it, yeah. is it really builds trust between the clientele and you. Right. And you, I didn't ever do it for a following. And it was funny that I built so quickly because I was only doing it to get clients yeah. and to share tips and for 
the, the questions that my clients ask me all the time, like, how do I wash my hair properly? I thought, right, if I do a video, I can just send it to them. Yeah. Because I'm yeah. answering the same questions over and over, over, and over yeah, again. Yeah. So that was kind of the reason why I did it. And then the following kind of comes with that. But absolutely, you've hit the nail on the head there. I think it keeps it more authentic. You know, if you're actually being true to your self, your brand and giving something, putting some advice out there or sharing something mm. and not chasing the following, then it will come. It's like, you know, if you if you seek it, if you're just going on it for fame or just for some sort of gimmick, you're never going to have such success, I don't think. Exactly. Now, do you do different content for an Instagram reel, for example, than a TikTok or do you share the same... So people who are on Instagram will understand the love-hate relationship with Instagram <laughs> because the algorithm and everything is so up and down and it's it can be so demotivating. So I was at first doing content just for Instagram. Right. Now it's probably the other way around. I'll do content for TikTok and then upload it to my Instagram. Right. Because And the reason for that is because I feel people relate so much more to authentic, unedited content, which TikTok is more so than Instagram, in my opinion. Yeah. Instagram tends to be a little bit more filtered, a bit more edited. TikTok is very chatty and I try and make them chatty. I'll just do it in the morning, you know. I try not to get done up for it, just do no makeup, just quite relatable. Yeah. So that's why at the moment I'm doing TikTok, then Instagram, but that may change in okay. the future. Because actually I was going to ask that. So how much, how do you plan your social media? Do you have a day of content making and think, right, get the face made up, five different outfits, try different things? Or is it, as you said, just literally on the spur every day? Is it a habit? How do, how do you organise it? Mm, so sometimes I post every day on TikTok. So I actually plan that into my day. So my first client comes at 9.30, I'll get up, you know, do my bits, and then I'll be nine, nine o'clock till 9.30, I'll do a TikTok. Wow. And the reason I do that is because I actually listened to a podcast and they were talking on there about, it was something unrelated to hairdressing, it was about fitness or something, and it was said, yeah. try something for 100 days and see what happens. So I thought, right, I'm going to try this for 100 days and see, and that's when my I noticed my following starting to go up on TikTok because I was posting religiously every yeah, day. Yeah, regularly. Um, yeah, so that part, yes, there are some other videos that I do that I do have to spend a little bit more time on because with the following comes now brands wanting to work with you, right. you know, yeah. posting videos, paid content. So with that, I do have to plan that a little bit more. It's not just so off the spell. I have to kind of, you know, have a bit of a strategy, strategy. figure out what they want and how you're going to deliver that. Exactly. Yeah. And do you, do you find it, is it still exciting and interesting or is it a bit of a, oh, I've got to do that now? <laughs> Honestly. That's such a good question. <laughs> do you know what? Well, it's the same with um, our industry, isn't it? It's, and the same with writing for you, I suppose. Mm. Some days you are, you know, it's, you find it really yeah. easy and sometimes you get a bit of a block and you're like, oh, I don't really know what to say today. Yeah. So what I do to get around that is I make notes in my phone and I just, if I think of something that I want to do, then yeah, I'll just so you've got down. it to go back to. Now I exactly. think it's a good idea. I quite often do that with ideas or, or just phrases or something that I think, oh, that's neat. I must remember how to say that. Of course, you never do. But if you've yeah. got, a, got the note, you can... Exactly. Like, how am I going to start this story or something like that? Um, so do you find it helpful to then sit there of an evening and scroll and see what other people are doing? Or do you think, no, it's, e it's better to not look at what other people are doing? I, I do a mixture. I try... 
not to, I, I post a video and then I think, right, whatever happens with that, I don't really look at my numbers, but um, to answer your question, I scroll, but I'm aware of what I'm scrolling because it, especially with TikTok, it's such a hole sometimes. Yeah, you know, yeah, you yeah, it. rabbit hole, you're down <laughs> there for hours. <laughs> I love it, but sometimes I'm like, oh yeah. god, it's a bit of a waste of time. So I definitely follow people, but I try not to, if I can, I try and just do what I and my clients are asking for. Right. So to keep it on yeah. track for your brand, the Rachel Valentine. I think yeah, when you're doing these things, you've got to have a purpose of why you're doing it, and that's how you build the following. Is like if I'm looking at other people what they're doing it doesn't become natural and you can tell when you're watching the videos and it's yeah. not natural they don't mean the message so you know for my clients my questions and things that I find interesting I find do better because you can tell when someone's being authentic yeah definitely mm. and have you been inspired or do you have any kind of mentors or favorites who you follow people who you think are really sort of smashing it in the hairdressing world on related to social media Relating to social media, yeah. um, what I find, I follow a couple of people who actually are not necessarily creating content but guiding people and I actually lean on their content a lot. Um, one is um, Content Queens, um, his name's Ben, I used to work oh, with yes. him yeah, at Sean Hanna. I look at his content a lot if I'm struggling to think of a caption or I'm struggling, you know, um, feeling a bit demotivated maybe, I might go on his and, and watch that. And the other one is Vivian Johns as well. Oh, yeah. yes. She's, she's very, she's... very helpful. Well, she shares a lot. I find her very relatable and very interesting. Yes. Um, and she's she just has a... She's very articulate, isn't she? She, she is. And it. it's quite... Um, you know, if a video doesn't do well or something like that, they really put things into perspective of like, right, don't worry about it. This is why we're doing this. And it kind of reminds me of that message. So it's not really... They're the people that I, you know, look to in terms of inspiration rather than you know other content creators of course i do have other yeah. content creators but um a lot of pe a lot of people like clients and stuff they're so aware now they're actually making their own hair content and yeah. i'm like god that's what pushes me as well because i think people and clients are so with it now they yeah. don't look to the their hairdresser for trends they're kind of creating the trends themselves aren't they so yeah, yeah. so you've got to be up with the program yes now, how is it with, so within the industry, you touched on it there with people perhaps, um, you know, using you as an influencer and, and creating collaborations with you. Mm. Do you work with a specific product brand or are you open? Um, I mainly work with L'Oreal um, and that's just because I love their products. Yeah, that's, that's what amazing. you were trained on. And that's, that's what, what I was you trained know. on. But what was great about becoming freelance is I could try other brands. Um, so I do dabble, you yeah. know, in you know, Redkin and other brands too, but normally it's L'Oreal. Yeah, because I was wondering whether you would find, whether your advice would be that it's important to find a brand to stick with or whether you think it's more important for people to keep open-minded from the point of view of a colourist, I'm saying, rather than hairdressing generally. I think with my teacher hat on, um, you know, it's it helps to stick with a brand to begin with. However, if you're freelance and you're looking for, you know, a bit of inspiration or you want to learn something new, having them other brands as an option is always good to push yourself. Yeah. And keep you excited and, you know, learning new products and, and new colour formulas from my teaching head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> from an easy point of view, if you want your life easy, then yeah, I would just stick to just, one brand. Yeah, to make sure you know them inside out. Now, you're winner of the uh, Colour World Creative Colour Genius 2022. Yes. Tell me about that journey. That's that was submitting a photograph um, 
that was judged and then you went through to the finals and then that's judged again to become the winner. Mm. Are you somebody who enters awards a lot? How was it entering that and, and what's it sort of brought to you? Oh, that was amazing. So when I worked um, in the salon, we were pushed to do awards in a nice way, you know, yeah. pushed and, you know, yeah. encouraged, encouraged, encouraged yeah. to do it. And it was all, I found it really difficult because the people that I worked with were amazing and the images that they created were always just next level. Mm. So I never really wanted ever to do that. However, when I went freelance, I kind of got this wave of, right, I need to do this mm. kind of for myself to, you know, one, stay creative and inspired, but also to kind of, I suppose, prove something to myself. Yeah. Um, I set my goal as entering. I didn't set it as anything else. I just thought, right, I'm going to do this image and see what happens. And then, I, you know, winning was just amazing. I didn't expect that at all. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was... I, never... I think it's, well, it's great because there's 10 categories, but I know they had more than 700 entries um, last year, which is amazing. And I, I think the Colour World... Genius Awards are good because it's accessible because you don't have to have a studio picture. Um, yes. You did have a great model for yours, but it's not, you don't have to have done a shoot, if you like. You don't, you know, it can be salon pictures. It can be, you know, real clients. Absolutely. And let me tell you, I didn't spend, apart from products, I didn't spend a penny on that. Really? Um, well done. I found my model on Instagram. I just found her. She was a student. She had, I was really inspired by her. She had a really cool look. Yeah. I shot it in my flat. I obviously paid for my products but yeah. apart from that she wore her own clothes she did her own makeup wow and that was it so I think textbook yeah <laughs> oh, well good for you I think it's important because I think for a long time awards have become so expensive mm. um I know we have sort of you know the, the awards where you had to put collections through and I think we're so used to looking at models um and you know professionals doing things and things get retouched and photographers and makeup artists but it's always been something that hairdressers need to you know, find your own models for things, even if it's for just your training nights and then going through and doing shows. So I think if you've got the eye and you can get the right the right person. Absolutely. And I was, like I said, really inspired by her. And you don't need to go and hire a professional model. I've no. worked with professional models in the past and sometimes they're a pain. Yeah. So actually yeah. getting someone who just wants to have cool hair, you know, it, it, you're inspired by them, makes it a little bit easier, especially if it's, you know, your first shoot that you're doing on your own. Yeah. And then there's no pressure either. There's no agencies involved. It's just you and her, and you can kind of come to a look yeah. yourself. Yeah. And smartphones. I mean, thank God for smartphones these days, because yeah. we're, all, we're all photographers. I know. I say professional photographers. I don't want to <laughs> lose any friends over saying that, but yeah. <laughs> but no, we can, I think. And it's just practice, practicing the lighting, the makeup, that making sure that the whole look comes together. Yeah. Um, and thinking, I think it's important as well. Um, with color, lots of back of head pictures, obviously very striking from a colorist point of view. I think from a judging point of view, we kind of need to see a bit of face. We need to see a bit of person. See how the color and the hair relates to the model that you've used. Yes, absolutely, because there's no point in doing a great colour that doesn't suit someone. Yeah. Because like you said, it's a whole look. It's a feeling that you get from that photo, you know. Yeah. The model that I ha happened to pick, you know, she was very into the 60s, so you needed to get that feeling when you look at that picture. It does make it difficult because you're trying to think, right, hair's got to be in it, I've got to show the colour off, yeah. I've got to show her face, she's got to look good, she's got to pose well, so it is difficult, but... Yeah. I just I probably took about three hundred photos and just kept going and going and yeah. then picked my favourite one. Yeah, brilliant. Well, it worked. So has it been? So you you've got the award. Is it the first award you've won? 
Yes. Oh, Yay. brilliant. <laughs> it's in my cabinet, in my front room, pride of place. Um, I'm going to make room for more, hopefully. <laughs> I was going to say, you need to keep going with it. And every year, the colour genius, uh, the trophy changes. I think there was a Tiffany lamp. It was. Your one, they've had lava lamps and light bulbs and genie lamps as well. So let's see what the, this year is. So are you a fan of awards then, generally? You think it is a good way for people to... Yeah, I think you, you made a really good point. You know, there sometimes can be um, pressure. And I think that as long as you don't, you know, fall into that, because it's not, if you have the budget, great. And obviously that's amazing. But I think, you know, proof that I won, I proved it to myself that you don't need that necessarily. Yeah. I think it's a healthy competition though. And I think sometimes if actually I was, I'm honest with myself, before when I wasn't entering, it's probably because I was scared that I wasn't going to win. Yeah. Yeah. Where, whereas if you enter, because if you change your goal and you say, right, my goal is to enter, it's not to win, then yeah. you've already won already yeah. yourself. Absolutely. Got but, something from it. I think it's that motivation. I think you can be very self-conscious when you're part of a team or a company and you feel as though you're being judged even as you're creating something. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's... Yeah, it's a really good point. But they're great. And I think something like the um, Colour World Awards are amazing because it just shows that anyone can enter, whether you're a trainee or you know or just qualified even or you've yeah. been doing it for years and you can do it on anyone and the fact that they've got so many categories makes it um, a lot easier as well so there's yeah. something for everybody so yeah there's really innovative great. color creative color uh, men's yeah, color men's. color afro i know yeah. there's lots and and they are for anybody listening they are running from the day I'm speaking to you, middle of January, through to the end of March. So people can jump on to colourworlduk.com and we'll put it in the show notes for wherever you're listening to this podcast as well. So apart from entering the Colour Genius Awards again for 2023, what's your sort of plan going forward? What are you looking to build for yourself career-wise? So I am a goal setter. <laughs> I actually <laughs> had this conversation with my partner the other day about setting goals I started my trichology course in December, so that is my goal for the year. Wow. It's very interesting. It's tricky. I love learning. I think, you know, coming from a teaching background, I think it's, it's so important to keep yeah. going with learning and education. And where I where this journey on social media has taken me is now I've realised how many people don't get the knowledge that they need from their hairdresser. Yeah. And it really inspired me to learn more about hair loss scalp conditions because we get a bit of basic knowledge in our training but not as in-depth as I want it to be yeah and you know there's people messaging me all kind of questions that I just can't help them with at the moment so that's my goal is to get the trichology um course finished yeah, that's and interesting so coming out of the sort of the training world where you're dealing very much with the students to now being 100% client facing if you like mm. has that been the thing that surprised you the most then that people have more issues or more worries concerns about the health of their hair than you might have imagined absolutely and I think as always the internet is very confusing and especially around hair I mean if you googled how often should I wash my hair yeah. there'll be 10 different answers yeah more than <laughs> more than and most of them aren't correct so you know I think that's for me really important just trying to put, put uh, portray the message is that yeah. the right word and, you know, with that following that I have, big or small, that's really helpful if I can have that knowledge to kind of share with people. Yeah. And I think that's, in a nutshell, what hairdressing needs to be striving to do is to continue to reinforce you guys as experts in your field. That's what will safeguard. I mean, 
everybody needs to get their hair cut a lot wants to get their hair cut but they don't necessarily get it cut well they don't necessarily get it cut looked after very well and they can change but what will safeguard your future is being the expert and being recognized as the expert absolutely and and sharing i think you know a lot of the time people get scared to share their knowledge because you know they're, they're worried that they might give their secrets away but your client is not going to be able to go and do a you know full head of balayage just by giving her a few tips on how to you know no. it's just it, if anything it builds trust it shows you that you're knowledgeable it shows that you're loyal to them as much as they're loyal to you so i haven't really found any reason not to share to share no yeah. listen we all watch strictly come dancing and dancing on ice and it doesn't mean that we can do either <laughs> how much you watch them how so, much you try <laughs> exactly so yeah that's brilliant so just touching back um before we wrap up i'm interested on the social media and your journey into being a freelancer and being a, a one woman uh, business and a brand how do you find your tribe if you like do you find other like-minded people through social media or do you rely on people that you already knew do you go to events how, how do you find your tribe tribe as in um not clientele yes your hairdressers your your community yeah. your sense of being part of something yes so trying to do as much face-to-face -face as i can um like you said going to events is really helpful um most of that is probably being um, met online so you know you might start chatting to somebody uh, arrange to go on to a course with them you right. know face to face meet them and that's kind of how I build it I still have friends from the salon that I keep in touch with and we chat daily about clients or you know formulas and, yeah. and whatnot but trying to do as much face to face as I can courses I meet loads of people on social media is great um, and there are people that I chat to you know in Wales or um, Devon and I have a relationship with that I've never met but cool. it's yeah. good yeah so yeah. we're really lucky that's the beauty of social media exactly brilliant thank you so much Rachel it's been an absolute pleasure having Thanks you here having and I hope you great. inspire all the listeners as well you certainly inspire me so thank you thank very you much. So much thank you Thank you so much to my guest, Rachel Valentine. I hope you found that as inspiring as I did. What a breath of fresh air she is and such a great attitude to being a freelancer and growing her colour clientele. If you like what you heard, please jump on to iTunes or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from and check the Respectfully Library. We have plenty of inspiring conversations to entertain and inform you. If you like what you hear, don't forget to rate and review us as it helps drive us up the charts and make hairdressing podcasts easier to find. Until next time, goodbye. <laughs>